Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter one. How many know that every word in the Bible is written for a purpose? It really is, you know, and of course there's three people that are three classes of people that it talks to. It talks to the Jews, it talks to the, you know, uh, those that are heathen or Gentiles, and then also talks to the church of God, which is us, amen, talks to the church. But, you know, when you read some of these things, and you're just reading kind of what's going on, why, why is he doing it, why did they throw that name in there, why did they throw that uh, in there, and you know that God is a God of order, and God always has a plan. He does. God always has a plan, and, and even in the midst of all the chaos that you see around here and what's going on, how many you know that God, hallelujah, he has a plan for what we're doing in the world today, and he has a purpose for all of us. Do you know what your number one purpose is? Your number one purpose is to know him. Your number one purpose is your fellowship and your relationship with God, hallelujah, and if your relationship and fellowship with God is good, then everything else will work out. Because if your relationship and your fellowship with God is not good, everything else is going to fall apart. Thank you for your overwhelming response. Hallelujah. I'm so glad you're not like the national average that doesn't read their Bible. All right. I'm glad, so glad that you do read your Bible, that you do talk to God every day. Hallelujah. You guys are the, you guys are the top 10 of the top 10, so it's all good. You know, so we're blessed. I know I don't even have to preach to you because you know everything, but I'm going to try anyways, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm going to share some truths with you because I want you to understand why uh, Luke decided, he said, it seemed good to me, O Theophilus, to write unto you the book of Luke. He said, it seemed good to him to write the book of Acts. Isn't that amazing? Just seemed good. Just seemed like a good thing to do, you know. And yet God anointed him. God, God told him. And so we're going to read this story about John the Baptist uh, being born. We're going to read the story of why God did it and the angels coming to talk to uh, Zechariah and the angels coming to uh, talk to Mary and, and just give you a, a, an understanding of some things because the title of my message this morning is this, is that God remembers his promise. God remembers his promise. And now aren't you glad that God's given us some promises for you and I? Amen. Amen. And so if God remembered his promise to the world, God remembered his promise of what he was going to do here. And, and it's wonderful that God shows up when he shows up, but he always shows up on his timeline. God's never late. You might think he is, but he's never late. He's always on time because it's, it's his time, not yours. Amen. Hallelujah. So here in Luke chapter 1, uh, let's just begin reading at verse 1. I'm going to be reading out of uh, the New Living Translation just because it reads like a, uh, just a story, which is, I want to get it to you, so it'll be good. Amen? He said this, Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used the eyewitness reports uh, circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. Aren't you glad you need to be certain of the truth? Hallelujah. So this is the birth of John the Baptist. He said, when Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah, and he was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's command and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. Amen. Do you remember two other old people who had a child? 
later on, back in the old covenant and the old thing. You know, Elizabeth and Zechariah are a type and a shadow of Abraham and Sarah. Amen. They're very old. They're things that he's going to. And, and I want to share that. You know, the word Zechariah means Yahweh remembers. That's what it stands for in the, in the, in the Hebrew and the Greek. It says Yahweh remembers. Means that Zechariah's name simply says Yahweh remembers. And do you ever wonder why that when it says in here that it says that he was uh, a member of the priestly order under Abijah? It's like, well, why do they have to keep mentioning his name? Why why does God just have these guys throw in these guys' name? Because Abijah, if you look over in in 2 Chronicles, you know, chapter 24, you'll see in there that he's number eight. He's in the order of eight. When David set up all of those uh, priests to do their daily duties and yearly things, he had them all in order, and each family had a certain thing that kept going all the way down until Jesus' time, all the way down until this time, and it was a, he's number eight. And did you know that the, the number eight is, is, is the whole thing in the Hebrew language? It's about new creation. It's about new beginnings and new starts. Aren't you glad that glory to God? God said, okay, we're going to do a whole new thing. And you also know that God, Paul wrote this about the church and about, well, not church, but about history. He said the Jews are going to get judged from the, the, the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was the last prophet killed. Scripture says that's why John could not be named Zechariah. He said, we're going to name him Zechariah, right? No, no, no. We're going to name him John. Of course, we're going to study a little bit about Zechariah and Elizabeth here and find out some things of what takes place. God doesn't do anything happenstance. He always does things on purpose. The Lord says, I remember, so I'm going to come to the the priest who's doing it right now. He's in the line of the eighth one, which means it's a whole new beginning and a whole new creation that's going to take place. Hallelujah. And I'm going to mess up all the things and say it's not going to be Zechariah and thinking what's, what's taking place here. And you have to realize what's going on there. Do you know that there was 400 years between Old Testament and New Testament? It was 40 years that there wasn't a word from God. There wasn't holy scriptures being manifest. There wasn't anybody really declaring anything for God. They call it the dark ages in between there. No, nothing's going on. But aren't you glad that God loves suddenlies? Hallelujah. God loves suddenlies. You know, hallelujah. So when he does, he speaks to a priest whose name says, I remember. I remember what I promised. Remember, God remembers what he promised. And God remembers what he promised for the end time for you and I. God remember what he promised. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, once you see this, they're, they're well stricken in age. They're old. And Elizabeth's been barren. And now God says, okay, you're going to have a child. Just like he told Sarah and Abraham. Amen. He comes into this. He comes in to, to start talking, and, and you see this. You kind of go, wow, this is amazing. Why? Because he's coming to him saying, listen, you're going to come and have a child, and it's a new dawning of a new age and a new creation in the sense of, glory to God, there's going to be life come to a dry, barren, you know, sick, ungodly world. Aren't you glad that we are the salt of the earth, that we're the ones bringing forth life to the world today? God's called you and I into the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen? Hallelujah. God always does. Because God comes into anything that looks old and dead, God always breathes life and youth and freshness. Amen? Now, I don't know about you, but at my age, I don't want to raise a little baby. Hallelujah. You get tired. And I don't think I'm old. I think they're a lot older even than I am. So, but the situation is you just get tired running around. Hey, you get tired of trying to, trying to keep. So it's like, that's why, you know, it's for the young. 
It's for the young. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We, we see some things here. Now, glory to God. Let's keep reading. Let's just keep reading. I love this about this. You know, glory to God. <clears throat> he goes on to say this. He said, one day Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. And as was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. And while the incense was burning, being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. And while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. And Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the coming, prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will return the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Amen. Now, I want you to go over to, to Malachi chapter 4 and the last verse in the Old Testament. I can quote it to you, but I don't want to quote it. I want you to look at it in your Bible. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's not too far over there. It's right here. The last, it's Mal- in Malachi chapter 4. Hallelujah. Verse 5 and 6. Hallelujah. He said this. Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and deadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. Now, if you go back to Luke, you realize that what he just said there about Luke, he says, hey, here's what's going to happen. It's what your son's going to do. He's going to do this. He said, he goes, he will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Sounds like he's fulfilling what Malachi talked about in the last chapter there. Amen. And he is. See, the Bible is so amazing because, you know, uh, in Luke's in, in, in study and in, in what's going on here, Luke is with, with Paul. He, Luke was Luke the physician. That's why he's very intricate in his, uh, you know, his writings. That's why you have how many, how many, uh, you know, basically verses are in chapter one. Holy cow! You know, there's what ninety some verses, seventy. I don't know. Got to get my glasses on again. There's actually you know eighty verses in that one chapter. Whew. Second chapter is almost as long, you know, but he's very thorough in what he does and what God, why am I sharing this? Because we need to understand what God does and what he's doing and how God set this whole thing up. That's why John the Baptist came in. Because I always, you know, you read this story at Christmas time, we read chapter two about Jesus coming and you, you know, and the whole first chapter is all about what's going on with Mary, what's going on with Elizabeth, what's going on here about John the Baptist, which was so important to understand. Because you know what Jesus said about John the Baptist, right? He said, John the Baptist is the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets. There's no, no prophet not talking about Elijah, Elisha, or anything. He said, John the Baptist is the greatest. Amen? And then what did he go on to say? He said, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. 
So you know that you're, because you got the Spirit of God living in you, you're greater and more important, not important, but more, got more revelation than what John the Baptist even had. Amen? Because you got the Spirit of God living in you. Amen? There's something supernatural that takes place. Glory to God. And you know what I love about this whole scenario is we've got this older couple that are way, you know, beyond the years of bearing children, but are also just older. And then you've got this young girl over here that they talk about Mary being 14 or 15 years old at the time. And you've got Joseph who's going to be. So you've got this young couple and you've got this old couple that God says we're going to start a new beginning. Hallelujah. So I don't care if you're 93. Hallelujah. Or 10. Hallelujah. Praise God. God has a purpose and a plan, and God combines us together because it's a new day, it's a new dawning, and there's a place for everybody in the body of Christ. It's every generation's time. Amen? Hallelujah. To see the hand of God, to see what God's doing. Now, here's the amazing thing about it is, is that, you know, they still had to raise John the Baptist till he got you know, old enough to go out and to preach. Hallelujah. And do the things that he needed to do. And in that culture and that custom, they didn't start anything until they're 30. That's when they are considered to be, you know, have some sense. We probably should adopt that now today. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I think some of us, we were, we were good there. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Here's the thing that I want you to get out of that. Let's show up and be ready for whatever God has purpose and plan for our life. Let's not stop and get ready to retire or to relax. doesn't matter if you're retiring from naturally, but you never retire from God. You never take a vacation from God. Amen? We never step back. We've got to be ready. We've got to be ready to step up for whatever God has planned. Hallelujah. Because God's calling all of us for his purpose. And aren't you glad Romans 8, you know, 828 says this. We know that all things work together for the good to those who are, amen, called of God, called according to his purpose. Amen. He said, all things are going to work for the good. For all of us. Why? Because we know that's what God said. God said, you know, but right before this, it said, for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. You know, Peter wrote this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He said, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. You're a holy people. Hallelujah. You're God's own prized possession or you're his own possession, God's own possession. And he, and he goes on to say in that verse, he said, here's what you're supposed to do. Because you are this, you're to show forth the praises of him. Show forth the praises of God. We ought to, especially at this time of the year and this time of the year, you know, and, and we celebrate Christmas, you know, and then when we celebrate, you know, Easter and those, all that's going on, we ought to be the most joyful, the most happiest because we're celebrating something that totally transformed our lives. The Savior came to the earth. A Savior came. I mean, that's amazing that a Savior came. Amen. Now, let's go back to our story here. Let's go back and pick up with good old Zechariah because he's just like all of us. Amen. So here we go here. Let's look what he says there. So look what Zechariah says to the angel. How can this, how can I be sure this will happen? Or how can this be? I'm an old man now. And my wife is also well old, well hung in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. He had to keep Zacharias shut up because he was about to mess everything up. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
But you say, well, why was the angel so upset with Zechariah? Zechariah was a priest. Zechariah had to know and learn how to do uh, about the scriptures of, in the word of God. He would have known about when Gabriel came to Daniel and talked about things. He would have known when Gabriel came to Daniel and told him about the end times, the 490 years that he was going to come. And this was, you know, uh, the 400, you know, that was going to take, take place and happen. And yet he should have known that, especially when he said he's going to be, he's going to have the spirit of Elijah and he's going to turn the heart. He quoted from Malachi. He quoted from the scriptures that Zechariah should have known. And all Zechariah could think was, how in the heck are we going to have a kid? And, 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 and Gabriel is saying, listen, I announced my name to Daniel. I said, I'm Gabriel. I announced my name to Daniel twice in Gabriel. And the other two times are right here. He's, and he's letting them know, hey, I'm the same dude that did it back there. I'm the same guy here. And you should know this. You know, but he had to, he had to, he said, well, how am I? He said, well, here's how it's going to know. Because we're going to make you not be able to talk. Because you'll have so much doubt and unbelief. How many know it's really good when you get a revelation from God and then all of a sudden doubt and unbelief starts to come? It's good to keep your mouth shut. At least don't speak to doubt and unbelief. You know, have a little sense here. It's good, you know, to realize and say, hey, it's probably good that we don't speak unbelief and just hang on to the word of God and say, you know what? I'm going to be like Mary because we're going to find out later on in this chapter the angel comes to her. How many know there was a lot of angel activity when Jesus was born? We got angels coming here, angels telling We got the whole sky lit up with angels. We got angels talking to the shepherds. Amen? Hallelujah. God, God is announcing some supernatural things. He's letting everybody know, hey, look at this. This is going to be awesome. Amen? So let's look at Mary here real quick. Look at this. Jump down, if you would, hallelujah, with me to verse 26. I just want you to read this story. So when you read this again, you'll say, man, you know what? There's a whole lot more in there than I thought. There's a whole lot more in there. There's a whole lot more in the word of God. And the reason God does it and he says it this way is because God's got a plan. He wants to stir our hearts to believe. Amen? He wants to stir our hearts to believe. Hallelujah. Look what it says here in verse 26. It says, and in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. You know, Mary said, you're highly favored. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. And the angel said, don't be afraid. Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, Mary asked the same question. She says, Asked, but how can this be? I am a virgin. I, I don't have a man. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Amen. Or nothing is impossible with God. Now, look at Mary's response. Man, if you don't get anything out, get verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. 
Mary said, be it unto me according to your words, what King James says. She said, let everything you said be true in my life. Let it be. Mary turns around, hallelujah, and she endeavors to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe this is taking place. And I'm so glad that the angel shared it. said, your, your, your cousin Elizabeth, who's what? She's, she's going to have a baby. Because remember, Elizabeth hid herself. She's still hiding. Nobody really knows that she's pregnant. She's hiding herself out of because she's like, oh, my God, what are people going to think now, first of all? But then she's all excited, but she's all like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do here? You know, I mean, what, is, what does this mean? You know, and the angel appears to Mary. And, you know, in the Hebrew and in the Greek, but in the Hebrew, Jesus' name, Jesus' name just simply means salvation. Aren't you glad salvation has come to you and I? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, and isn't it kind of unique the, Mary asked the question, and the, and the angel said, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you, and it's going to come to pass, because nothing is impossible with God. And yet for us, he said, the Holy Spirit's going to be in you. Hallelujah. He's going to empower you. He's not going to just overshadow you. He's going to be in you. Amen? I mean, we've been baptized. We've been immersed into the Spirit of God. We've been immersed into the body of Christ. We've got the Spirit living and dwelling on the inside of us. Hallelujah. And we have a hard time saying, I believe your word. Let it be done to me what your word says. Thank you for your overwhelming response. It is. We look at this. I mean, come on. Get this picture of Mary, who is basically a young girl. God comes down. Angel comes down. Tells her all this stuff. She says, okay, be it unto me according to your word. I mean, how crazy is that? I don't know any 15-year-old girl that you can come down and say, hey, guess what? This is all the supernatural is going to happen without going, yeah, you're just, <laughs> that's a joke. And then Joseph, she's trying to tell him, and he's like, uh, I'm going to put you away privately. I'm just going to walk away from this. I thought you were, you know, really wonderful girl, but uh, you're a little bit insane. And who's going to believe you? Who's going to believe? My parents, your, my parents aren't going to believe. Your parents aren't going to believe. You know? How many know Mary needed some encouragement? She needed some encouragement. She had to go find an Elizabeth. Like what Keith Hurt, she was talking about. You had to go find an Elizabeth, you know? Hallelujah. We had to, she had to go find some things. She had to take some things. She had to go out and find out what was going on. <clears throat> but did you also know that when uh, the baby Jesus was in you know, in, in Mary for nine months, because that's, that's how long it takes to the same thing. So see, he's in the womb for nine months. He's in this dark womb for nine months. Did you also know that just to give a tie in, same thing, you know, we're studying about Noah. We're in the time of the flood now in our class on School of the Bible. And did you know that Noah, if you study that out, Noah was in the ark without opening any windows from the time that it closed up until the time that he could actually open the window was exactly nine months. And we know that Noah was, uh, you know, a type of, the, of a second Adam, even though it's not that, because he had to start the whole human race over again. Amen? With his family, he had to help with all that. But coming out of that, he was coming out. And then we see that when Noah gets out of the boat and gets on land, what's the first thing that Noah does? He offers up sacrifices. He's offering up sacrifices to God according to the old covenant, according to the things. How did he, when Jesus was born, he became the sacrifice that stopped all sacrifices. He's the one that ended all those things because he was the sacrifice for us, for you and for us. Amen? We see these things, we see, and God does everything just in light of us, glory to God. Here's how God wants to do, here's how he's endeavoring to do things. And the wonderful thing when, when Mary says, you know, or the angel says, nothing is impossible with God. Amen? I'm going to read you that verse out of the Amplified Bible. 
Here's what it says. This is Luke 1, 37 and 38. He said, for with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Hallelujah. Then Mary said, behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to what you have said. And the angel left her. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah. When you just say, Lord, let's just set your word. I'm going to, according to your will, according to your word, let it be done unto me. Amen. Taking a hold of the truth of the word of God. But I like what he said here. He said this. I like this, this translation because it says, for with God, nothing is ever impossible. Who said it was incurable? Man does. But God doesn't. Who says it's impossible? Man does, but God doesn't. For with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power. It always has power. Or no word from God is without a fulfillment. It is not impossible. It's without fulfillment. It's got to be fulfilled. Every promise of God has to be fulfilled. And we have that promise for us. That all of the promises in the new covenant are yes and amen. Hallelujah. You know, I think it would really behoove us this Christmas if we would just, you know, grab a hold of the truths of the word of God and uh, be like, you know, Elizabeth and be like Mary. Because how many you know, Elizabeth, when Mary goes to uh, Elizabeth and, and, and walks in there and announces and says, hey, I, this is what the angel said. This is what's going on. And we read down farther in this chapter. We see some things. Glory to God. Wow. Of course, we know that Elizabeth says the babe leaped in the womb, you know, and, and, and being filled with the spirit, leaped inside there, turned out and says, who? And then Elizabeth said, who am I that the mother of my Lord should come and visit me? And then she began to share everything. And then she said that major wonderful verse that says, there shall be a performance of the things that were told you. She began to encourage Because how many you know Mary needed some encouragement? Everybody else has left her. She's all alone. I mean, she's all by herself. Because at this time, Joseph is thinking, ah, you, you just need to go. Yeah, we're, 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 I don't know what's going on here. Because you know, the Bible says that he was just planning on doing it. And thank God for dreams. Thank God for dreams. Amen. Thank God, hallelujah, hallelujah. And thank God that God gives us his grace and his mercy for you and I that we can walk out the dreams and the desires that God's given unto us. Amen? Hallelujah. We see God's hands. We see this. We see what takes place. And, and in an amazing, I want to share some things with you too. I know this is just very informative. It's very thing that gets you to think. And I want you to get to think because we live in a, in a time and an era that we need to understand God's about ready to wrap this thing up. I mean, we just did communion, which we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior. But we also know it shows that he's coming again. And so God's about to wrap this thing up, but he's about to wrap this thing up with me and you. And so, listen, don't take light what God is speaking to your hearts. Because I believe that. I believe God's going to speak to our hearts in a supernatural way in these last days to see the things of God. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart. I mean, and, and it may surprise you just like it surprised Zechariah. And you don't want God to have to make you dumb just so uh, it'll come to pass, okay? But, you know, that may be a working of miracles, so it might be really cool to see that. And then say, well, the, you know, you have to draw it out and say, well, the angel came and told me this. Now I can't talk. Okay, now we understand. But God's going to bring it to pass. Amen. We see the hand of God. We see, you know, and, and, and we see the hand of the Lord on this. Hallelujah. 
Because, you know, when he came down to Mary and said, Mary, you are highly favored, hallelujah, and you're blessed. How many know that you're highly favored and you're blessed? Amen. Amen. You are, because God's using you. God's giving you his word. God's doing these things here. And isn't it amazing that when Mary comes in and talks to Elizabeth, that little baby in the womb jumped up and down. Isn't it amazing that in the Bible, it talks about babies in the womb? Talks about Jacob and Esau. The angel came and told, you know, uh, you know Rebecca there and said, hey, you know, uh, you're going to, you got, you got two, war, two warring things on the inside of you. You got two nations on the inside of you. Amen. Declaring that they already knew they were alive and well and all that. Amen. What about Jeremiah who said, you knew me before I was even born while I was still in my mother's womb. Amen. What about when you see this thing? What about Samson? We said, when the baby's born, it's what's going to, he knew them. In the, and then John. And then what about Jesus? And I'm not going to get on a soapbox, but I am going to share this. That's why, you know, there's such a, a, a tragedy in our lives and a tragedy in the world when they just do abortions and they kill because, you know, God has a plan with all of these even before they were ever born. And he talked about them as if they were real people and everything that was taking place, which is what they are. Amen. You see the hand of God. You see the things that are here. Hallelujah. You know, and we see this. And this, this season right now is such a season that people need to be encouraged. And you maybe need to be encouraged. Mary needed to be encouraged. So what did she do? She went to somebody who could encourage her. Amen. And if you see something, when, and when Elizabeth said, Elizabeth was an encourager, she's going to strengthen her. She's going to talk to her. She's going to say, no, no, this is what it is. And then she prophesies over that. And then, uh, you know, Mary uh, begins to sing her song called the, Mag- you know, the Magnificent and all that there and begins to sing and says, this is what's going on. And, and we see the blessing and the power of God. And then when John the Baptist is born, they say, well, his name's going to be Zachariah. They say, no, his name's going to be John. And then they go to Zachariah and say, what do you, you can't do that. There's nobody named that. And he gets a piece of paper and he writes down his name name is John. And the minute that he does it, his mouth opens. And he starts prophesying. And he starts saying things. Because he can't mess it up now. <clears throat> Amen? I mean, we, we, we look at this. The reason I named all those things about these guys that were in the womb is because I want you to see how sacred the personhood is of the babies inside. Amen? Hallelujah. It doesn't talk about, it doesn't matter about anybody's will. It talks about there's a person there. Amen. We're not going to go that way. You guys are trying to pull. We're not going to do that. But I'm going to close on this, okay? I'm going to close on this. Is that when it talks about Mary, it talks about Elizabeth, is that, you know, Mary was seeking encouragement and she found it and we have to be the ones that bring encouragement not not death not all of the doubt and unbelief we've got to bring words of life because we've got the spirit living and dwelling on the inside of us amen we ought to be the greatest encouragers anybody if anybody needs to be encouraged they ought to be able to find you and get you and get connected amen and here's another thing if you need encourage find people we're looking around let's let's be that let's let's not anybody go unnoticed and watch. And it's amazing of what you can see and know that if you'll let God lead you and direct you, especially in this time. Do you know people are just, they're looking for somebody to care. They're looking for somebody to give an answer. 
whether it's, hey, I mean, just a kind word. Amen? I know it's the Christmas season and you can get killed out there. I know that. It's dangerous. You know? I mean, there was a, there was a Black Friday one time way back when I was a young uh, guy and I wanted to go get, I was told by my wife to go and get to this department store and, and she wanted this one thing and I had to get there to get in line to do this and I was the only guy with like 50 ladies attacking this thing. <laughs> And I'm thinking, I'm a gentleman. I don't know what to do. My wife said she have to do it. And these ladies, and they're vicious. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get this. Because I can't be knocking them out of the way. It's not a good thing. You know, because I'm still a pastor. And it's like, and even though I was in line, I got pushed out of line. I mean, what do you do? They're ladies. At least that's, that's what they look like. You know. <laughs> Anyways. So to make a long story short, I did not get that. I did not. They ran out before I got there. Even though I was like four in line. But by the time everything started and the door opened, I was last in line. And I was asked, what happened? I said I had to be a gentleman. Even though they weren't being a lady. It was what it was. And that was before Amazon and before you could order online. That was it. That was it. It was it. You know? But you know, there are those that are out there right now that we've got to encourage. We've got to strengthen. Let's believe the word of God. Let's receive the word of God. Let's allow God to be God in our lives. Amen? Because you'll never know who you're going to touch who you're going to reach out and touch, who you're going to love, How to, just because of your kindness, because of your grace. Thank God. God had a plan. And I believe that Jesus came. It became a whole new thing because it became he was going to die for the whole world. And then when Jesus got to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit and the church age came. And you do know that Daniel, when the angel Gabriel told Daniel how many weeks and how many years that they had, that Jesus came right before the last seven years. That's why you know, God still owes Israel their last seven years of Old Testament time. And that's why we've got to be taken up, and that's why it's got to go back to them doing their sacrifices, doing all their things, because he owes that to them. Because Gabriel said that to Daniel. God prophesied and said that to Daniel. That's what's going to happen. He said, you shut this up until the times of the times. He said, but it's going to come to pass. How many know when God says something, it comes to pass? It's going to come to pass. It's going to be there. Hallelujah. You know, praise God. You know, when we look at this and that we see of what we're talking about for Noah. Noah, you know, he built an ark. God had him build an ark. But you know that right now, we're basically the ark to the world. We're the saving grace to the world. Jesus is the door. He's the only way to get to heaven is through the Lord Jesus Christ. But the only way somebody else is going to hear about it is through you and I, through our love and through our kindness. Yeah, I know we're packed out. We're doing good. But glory to God, I'd just rather have standing room only packed out even more so. And if we have to force us to two services till we get our new building built, then praise God. We'll have fun. But the key is, is we want to just reach and touch the lives of as many people as we can. Amen? And here's the thing. We need to realize that we need to be the ones that are rejoicing. We need to be the ones that are happy. We need to be the ones that are full of joy and peace. Why? Because we know when the angels declared, hey, I bring you great tidings of great joy. Great joy. Aren't you glad that Jesus made it? Hallelujah. That Jesus came, that he did, that he was here. God had a plan. God had a plan. So let's do that. If you need encouragement, let us encourage you. Let other people encourage you. Don't give us a faith answer. 
somebody is coming and talking and caring, caring enough to even ask you the question. I know it's a lousy question of how are you. Nobody likes that question. I understand that. The, but you know what? It's actually a legitimate question. It really is. Now, you don't have to tell them your whole life story. But you can tell them, hey, how are you doing? Well, I'm trusting God in, in what he's doing. Allowing God to be God. Or you can just flat say, you know, yeah, right now, I want to beat everybody up. But other than that, it's good. <laughs> or right now, you can be very scriptural and do like David said. I, I need to believe to see some goodness in the land of the living. I don't even see anybody good right now. So, but that's okay. We need to be an encouraged and we need to be encouraged. We need to strengthen one another now more than ever. I believe that with all of my heart. And God remembered his promise that he was sending a savior. God remembered his promise that we send John the Baptist to be the one like Elijah to prepare the, the thing. And you know what? God is remembering his promise of what he said about the church. The church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter until the noonday sun. The church, hallelujah, is going to be a voice. It's the highest power and the highest authority in the land. And thank God our church is going to grow and grow and grow because God said so. God said he's going to have a voice in the earth and it's going to be through you and I. Amen? So we've got a promise of that. We've got a promise. He's never going to leave us, never going to forsake us. Hallelujah. David said, I was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging for bread. We're always going to have an abundance. We're always going to have more than enough because God's God. He's going to make sure because he's going to take care of his, his family. He's going to take care of his bride. Amen? Hallelujah. But what we've got to do is reach out because God wants to add to his bride. He wants to add to his church. Amen. So let's remember, God always remembers his promises and he's made promises to us and he knows about you and he knows what's going to take place in your life. Let's pray. Bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you today. Lord, we, we just give you praise and, and honor you so much. Lord, thank you for the insight and just little tidbits of things. It makes us know things, but it's so wonderful to know that you did have a plan. You had a time and a purpose when all of a sudden you were going to bring Jesus into the world and when you brought John the Baptist into the world. Thank you, Father, that nothing is impossible with you. Nothing is impossible with you. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah for your grace and for your mercy in our lives. Lord, as every head's bowed and every eye's closed and those that are watching here, Father, we always... We always give an altar call. We always give people the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior because we want them to know that's the key. Yeah, we talk about all the goodness of God and the grace of God because we're here talking to the church. But it's all about trying to reach out and love the lost. So if you're here this morning under the sound of my voice and you need Jesus to be the Lord of your life or you need to come back home, you may have once accepted Jesus but you've kind of fallen away you need to come back or you, you've learned a lot of, and you know about Jesus but you really don't know him you may know of him you may know about him but you don't know him he's not real to you and so we're inviting you to have a real experience with the Lord Jesus Christ we're inviting you to be born again Hallelujah. to be a new creation in Christ Jesus to get a brand new fresh start brand new, something that's never before existed. Even if you're coming back to God, you're saying, Lord, I need that. Then you just come, you know, and, and God will wash you, he'll cleanse you. He'll be like the prodigal son's father. He'll just grab you, put his arms around you and say, hey, my son that was dead is now alive. Because I got news for you. God loves you. God's not holding your trespasses or your sins against you. He's not. 
He's not a tyrant. He's not saying, God is a judge, but he's a righteous judge. He's just. So if you're here, just say, that's me. Just raise your hand so I can see it, so I can pray. I just want to pray. And if you're watching, hallelujah, we just, you know, Jesus loves you so much. The Bible says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Simply meaning that you just begin to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. Father, thank you for these folks once again. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for this time to be alive. It's the greatest time in all the world to be alive. And thank you, Father, that you're remembering your promises. Hallelujah. Your promises of the word are going to be fulfilled in these last days in our lives. Thank you, Father, that we're part of the church, your love and your grace. Lord, I just thank you for Harvest Bible Church. Thank you for every person here. Thank you, Father, and all those that are watching. Lord, we just honor you and love you. Thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. God is good.